this morning, what we're talking about is devotion. Uh, you being here when I emailed and said it's going to be cold, dress warm, is an act of devotion. You've given, uh, in many ways, your comfort up to, to come and to worship God with us. And so, thank you. Uh, devotion is really important. It's uh, part one of the values that we as a church uh, subscribe to. And so our devotion, well, we say, is expressed through extravagant love, humble service, and radical generosity. When we came up with these values, these weren't new things. These are things that have been expressed uh, through many years for us as a church. Uh, there's three things in there, extravagant love, humble service, and radical generosity. This church has been known for many, many years as a really generous church. I, I spoke when I first started here to a curate. There was a curate here some 50 years ago. And I said, oh, so, so was the church bigger then? He said, oh, no, this, this is just a really generous church. They uh, gave faithfully to Bush Church Aid and to CMS, and they supported me in my ministry training, even though they probably didn't need me. <laughs> And so it's a, it's a church that through many years has been known to be a generous church. Today, we are a generous church. And, and so I'm thankful for, for the generosity of the people. Our stained glass window, two windows back, you can't see it if you're online. You should come in person. <laughs> two windows back, I'm sorry if you can't, um, but is back, uh, been made straight, it's clean. Uh, a bunch of our other windows are clean, so these windows have had uh, ones with holes replaced, little panels with holes replaced. These ones are cleaned inside out, and a few of our others are cleaned inside out. The majority of the work on our windows is completed. We're still going to do a section in terms of cleaning the other windows. We're just figuring out 100% how much we can do, uh, but... They're looking great as a result of the generosity of not only the people that put them in there, but us uh, today as we've made them good for hopefully many years to come. Uh, we have a, a beautiful garden outside. We had a bunch of people helping uh, on our property yesterday, doing various things uh, to make our place beautiful. And people say, oh, you've got such lovely gardens here. It doesn't just come. It's because of the devotion of those who give their time in humble service to maintain these gardens and, and keep them looking beautiful. And we're always looking for more people to come and help uh, use humble service to be a blessing to us. Uh, when I think about devotion, I chose to put this one on Mother's Day. I think of mums. Uh, mums, uh, the best in terms of, I think, expressing devotion in a way that's real and loving and personal. Uh, the reason devotion was chosen as a value and not service is because service can be uh, almost clinical, but devotion is heart-connected. And so when I think of devotion, I think of the way that mums serve families and kids, uh, often not getting thanks, let alone asking for thanks, how uh, mums care for kids even when they're sick. And uh, I, I mean, dads do an all right job, but 
And there's a lot of devoted dads, but uh, mum's a, a great example of what devotion looks like in practice. Uh, the, the selfless kind of love uh, given over to children and consistently doing it even when weary and tired. So I'm, I'm thankful for the example of devotion expressed through mums. Uh, we, we sang this morning at 9am, uh, Praise uh, My Soul, the King of Heaven. And in it, it's got this line where it says, uh, Father-like, he tends and cares for us. And I, th- I thought about that. And well, God does reveal himself as Father in the Bible. But God also, right in the beginning, says uh, people are made in his image, both male and female. And so, so, so almost, I think in that song, it should be Mother-like, he tends and cares us, Right? Because uh, God is the perfect expression of love in both female and male. He, he's the perfect expression of love. And so when we're expressing uh, extravagant love, we're reflecting Him. Well, why have I said extravagant love? Uh, I'm talking about the kind of love that someone says, Oh, I can't believe you did this. You shouldn't have. You, you've done too much. That's the kind of love that we want to express to each other, the, the love that goes over and above, uh, beyond what is expected. Oh, it's too much. Thank you. And so what I would love to continue to build in our church is a kind of love that's unexpected and over the top, uh, in a good way, that people feel God's love in the way that we love each other. So extravagant love is looking for those opportunities uh, to do uh, more. Yes, in terms of the, the, the fourth one along from the left is the crying room volume. Akash? So on the, on the left, on the mixing desk, you can lift the overall volume. Has he spotted it? Yeah, you've seen it? Good. Excellent. Is it working? On, on the, you're not lifting the volume in here. On the, sorry, the right, not the left. My left, your right. See, see cry room or, or parents' room? Got it? And now it should be good? Did you press something in there, Katie? Good, good, excellent. Excellent. What, what, one, one of our ways of uh, devotion is expressed through humble service. Good, good segue. Uh, what's humble service? It's about using our gifts to be a blessing to others. What, is, what does it look like? It's, it's using what we have to enable life to go well for others. So thank you for, for using what you have down at the sound desk, our singers, uh, all the help in our church. And I, I think most people help in, in one way or another. And so I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Uh, humble service is, is about knowing what you have but not needing to tell other people how good you are. And so, so thank you for the ways that you use your gifts. We want to continue to build that that we can humbly serve uh, together and partner together in the work of God. Uh, radical generosity, I think uh, Matthew's gospel speaks really well into that. It, it says, uh, Jesus is saying, No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. 
You cannot serve uh, both God and money. Uh, what's a master? It's something that demands something of us. Uh, they, they want a result. Uh, when, when someone's devoted to one uh, and despises the other, it's because two masters are kind of pulling them in, in either direction. And uh, you can't serve two masters. You're either doing a good job for one or you're, you're often doing a God, good job for the other. And so the person that's devoted to the one is doing a good job for one, but then despising the other one that demands something of them. Uh, Almost thinking of it, th- think of a, a working mum in some ways, like a, a home can feel like a, a master and work can feel like a, a master and the, the pull can cause us to feel stretched and uh, despise another. Jesus is saying here that, well, you cannot serve both God and money. You can't have two masters. Having two masters in life doesn't work. Uh, so what's the, the, the solution? Uh, that the solution is one master. This passage is written into the context of Jesus saying, uh, you, you've got a problem uh, with uh, worry. And so the person that worries is worrying whether they've got everything done. And so Jesus is saying, well, actually, for life to go better, to be less anxious in life, you, you need one master. And so the advice I'll often give someone when, when they feel like life's not working out well is, how can you put God first? Because when you put God first, everything flows from that place. And they'll say, oh, but you don't understand the demands of my life. Putting God first in life is, is about making a choice that aligns with God's purpose. It's not about saying, oh, bit church the, the most. It's about saying, how can I live my life in alignment with God? Uh, we, we do it as by being a people of, of worship and prayer and of his word. So making time regularly to be engaged with God is a way of putting him first. Uh, for many, it's, it's an act of trust because the busyness of life can be consuming and we feel like we need to just get this done and then we can give or be devoted first to God. But actually, when you get your relationship with God right, everything tends to flow better from there. And so uh, often these days we have what's called the helicopter mum. And <laughs> this is not a criticism of mums on, on Mother's Day, but the, the helicopter mum is trying to do everything. Hands are everywhere. They're involved in, in everything. Uh, their children are their master and they're their children's servant. That's the helicopter mum. And the, the helicopter mum, life kind of doesn't work because... A human master is never pleased, and we unfortunately see it in, in a lot of the kids growing up today. Uh, we, we see that they've learned how to be a master, but not learned how to follow or serve. And the challenge of when we make other people that, that position of master is they, they don't learn what it fit, means to be fitting into a bigger purpose. So, so one of the reasons that we have God as our, our one master is we recognize that God has a bigger purpose for us. He has a bigger purpose uh, for those around us, and we are only part of that. So what devotion costs us is the priority of our purpose, the priority of purpose. My purpose suddenly sits a little bit lower than what his purpose is. So, so when I'm talking about purpose, I'm not saying Randall's purpose, the church's purpose. I'm saying God has a purpose for, for you. In every sphere that you're at, 
And so being devoted as a, as a way of living is about finding God's purpose for where you are and putting him first. What, what does this look like in practice? It looks like I, I'm a person of prayer regularly. I'll find that I'm driving to something and I'll pray as I'm driving. Uh, God, is there anything that you want to direct my thoughts to as I'm meeting with this person? So as we talk and, and catch up, I can direct the conversation where you want it to be. Uh, Lord, as I'm working, how can I uh, be inspired by you in, in my work? Uh, Lord, as I'm doing this work, how, how can I do it well in order to serve you? Thinking in all moments, Lord, I'm inviting you in. I'm looking for your purpose. Uh, so I have eyes that are open, ready to see what he wants to show me, and then a heart that's willing to follow. But in many ways, that looks like me dropping my purpose, me, me going... I really like this, but what do you like? Where do you want me, God? What do you want me to do? And when we give things up because we feel like God doesn't want us to devote our time or focus to this, he wants us to devote our time or our focus to this other thing, that can feel really costly in that moment. And we can look back and go, Oh, God, but, but I really enjoy that. One of the things for me that I have given up for a season is like I used to love playing indoor soccer with my mates. And I can't be out another night with my mates doing indoor soccer while the kids are at the age that they're at uh, because I need to be devoted to my family and serving and connected there. Now, it's costly for me to give up that because it's a nice... Uh, release of energy, going and kicking the ball and catching up with my mates, but finding joy then in what God has called me to becomes my new priority. So devotion costs us the, the priority of our purpose, and for all of us it looks different. It's easy to look at someone else and say, oh, you're not really devoted to God, or, but maybe God's calling them to be devoted in that way. Well, we're, we're all learning, and so we all help each other as we encourage each other in what it looks like to be devoted because devotion at its core is about saying there's a purpose bigger than me and I want to sow into that purpose and as you sow into that purpose what you do is you leave a, a legacy for others to live in and, and primarily on Mother's Day what we remember is that mothers leave a legacy for us. Uh, they, they can be a good legacy, it can be a bad legacy. Some have had bad experiences of mothers, some have had good experiences of mums. But all mums have the, the potential to leave a legacy through, through humble service, through extravagant love and, and radical generosity. And as that legacy is left, it, it goes from generation to generation. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read from 2 Timothy. And right as we start 2 Timothy, you'll see this generational nature of uh, devotion. So 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. I'm grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lewis, and your mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure lives in you. So, so we see in these first few verses, we, we see uh, generational faith. We, we see uh, Lewis, Eunice, and you. 
There's faith that's passed through generations. Uh, it's not that we just do faith. It's that we hand over why we do, why we do. And so why are we talking about values? Because uh, what a previous generation values and know why they value it, the next generation takes it for granted and the generation following has forgotten it. We live in a society in many ways that has forgotten what was valuable to generations in the past and that's partly because it hasn't been handed down, partly because some things are handed down badly. Uh, but we have a, a calling as Christians to hand down values uh, that bring health in society. And in our increasingly divided individualistic society, we need to rediscover what it looks like to live God's love in a way that's real and tangible. And we need to do it by teaching why we do what we do and establishing and building what is important. So, so values, it's a generational thing that we leave as a legacy for others. Uh, I think in some ways values in the past have been misinterpreted as rules. Uh, that doesn't work. Uh, when, when the church has a bunch of rules that have to be kept, it, it doesn't work. See, values need to be lived from the heart with understanding in order for them to be built and multiplied. Because people see through rules uh, as just restrictions uh, and when the heart is disconnected, uh, love is missing, which is what's uh, the most important foundation for us. Uh, the greatest commandment is, is to love. Let's continue. Verse 6. Uh, for this reason, I'm reminded, uh, you to, I remind you to rekindle the gift of uh, God that is within you through the laying on of hands. So rekindle the gift of God that's within you through the laying on of hands. That is, uh, gifts are imparted from one generation to another. So not all gifts are, are just by nature. Some gifts are, are given as someone uh, imparts you either spiritually or through time spent. Uh, when we impart knowledge and our, our wisdom and our experience to others, that, that's a, a gift handed down. But there's also gifts that are handed down through uh, a recognition. So laying on of hands uh, is maybe not something we, we do as much as they may have done in the early church. Uh, they would, uh, as kids were growing up, uh, the, it was typical of the father. The, the, the father would bless, lay hands on the children, uh, the, the Jewish children in a Jewish family, every Sabbath and, and bless them. And as he was blessing them, he was not just saying, God's blessing rest here. He was recognizing who they were being called to be in this world. And so calling them up into their identity. And so when we lay on hands, it's, it's about that. It's recognizing who God is making uh, children and adults, uh, people to be. So the, the laying on of hands is uh, us partnering with God to call out what is in someone. And so there'll be a time where we, we can pray and discern what, what God's calling is for each of you. So that, that's something I love to do. Uh, listen to what God's saying about what God's wanting you to step up into. Uh, but then there's also verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and self-discipline. What, what is that? Well, why is that verse there? Well, it's there because when you exercise your gifts, that means stepping outside of your comfort zone. 
to, to boldly do what God has called you to do. And, and that requires a discipline, so gifts. Uh, often people think, oh, you have a gift, uh, therefore you should either be able to do it well or not do it. Like the, the, the person that wants to be a, a tennis pro but never practices. It doesn't work. Like you need to exercise uh, gifts. It needs discipline. Uh, it needs love. And it needs the, the spirit to empower us. Uh, so uh, devotion is not just about uh, serving. It's, it's about growing in the gifts that we have in order to serve really well. Uh, Do not be ashamed, verse 8, then, of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus who abolished death and brought life and immortality uh, to light through the gospel. For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Uh, So... Here, uh, what, what he's talking about is that sometimes when you're a herald, like we're all called to be heralds of the gospel, that is not only display it, but speak of it, the good news of Jesus. Uh, that's a responsibility for all of us. And as you speak of Jesus, there's going to be times where suffering happens. We don't seek suffering for suffering's sake, but sometimes when you are bold with your faith, suffering will be a part of it. And, and so our devotion needs to be the kind of devotion that's willing to wear hard times and not just be devoted when it's easy to serve, to love uh, through. Uh, in, in some ways, we, we make a, a commitment like made in marriage, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, uh, in sickness and in health. Uh, where We're devoted to serving God in the way that uh, we are the bride, uh, and the, there's the bride and the bridegroom. Jesus, the bridegroom. We're devoted in that way. Scripture uses that kind of language. So then finally, verses 13 to 14, hold to the standard of sound teaching that you've been heard, that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. So, so there's, a, there's a recognition that uh, it sometimes uh, requires us to, uh, like our, our brains are like sieves. In terms of truth, they're, they're like sieves. It, it goes in and it slowly filters out. Uh, we, we need to keep putting truth in. We need to hold on to truth. We need to remember truth. Uh, we need to grow in, in faith. Uh, we need to guard sometimes truth. We, we need to guard the, the core truth of the gospel that's handed over to us as vitally important, and we, we do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, that is, as we are living the Christian life, we need to be continually aware of God's direction for us so that as we're devoted to Him, He can lead us, the, the role of the Holy Spirit, to lead us into all truth, so He can lead us into truth. So, We've been talking about devotion this morning. It is expressed so well uh, to by mums. Uh, be thankful 
uh, to those that you know uh, and express your thanks with words. Uh, our devotion is expressed through extravagant love, so let's look for opportunities to express love to others. Humble service, let's look for opportunities to use our gifts as a service to others. And then radical generosity. How, how can we uh, be radically generous as a church? By just, you know, recognizing that God gives us in order for us to give and, and sow into fruitfulness in this world. And so not just generous in the church, generous outside the church. Look for, for opportunities to be a blessing to the poor, the needy, and I'm really thankful for those that filled hope bags. That's a flash in the pan. We, we don't want just one-off generosity. Uh, we want extravagant laugh expressed through the weeks. And so one of the, the reasons we have sharing time is, is to talk about uh, some of those things. So uh, through the week, we, we have a group called Sparrow to meet here. You, you may have heard of Sparrow. You may have seen their things around. Uh, they're connected to Steeple Church and will be in their church when their building's finished. But they're doing a lot of work here. This week, we, we had a bunch of people with iPads learning how to do digital art. They're on their disability scheme. They're, they're, many of them hadn't been outside for, for two years. And they've been invited by Sparrow to come and do this class as, as a way of just connecting and uh, serving them in, in love. In the future, we're, we're looking at things that we can do to partner with some of the connections that they're making. But let me encourage you, think about opportunities around you where we can be living out this value outside the church and talk to me, talk to each other about it so that we can be a church that builds this value of devotion. Now let me pray for us as we do. Uh, Lord, thanks uh, for uh, your devotion to us. Uh, thank you that in your love uh, you sent your son. Thank you that, Jesus, you lived the perfect life, that you died uh, the death uh, that was ours, that you were raised uh, conquering death and evil, uh, that you sent your spirit to live with us, to call us, sweep us up into relationship with you. Lord, we pray that you would uh, come into our lives uh, fresh, uh, that you would teach us freshly what it looks like to be uh, devoted followers of you. Teach us freshly what it looks like for us to uh, love others extravagantly. Uh, teach us, Lord, what it looks like for us to uh, be radically generous uh, with what we have in our hand. Teach us, Lord, uh, what it looks like for us to be humble in the way that we serve with the gifts that you've given us. Lord, as we look to you, uh, continue to lead us by your Spirit. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.